Hello, everyone, and welcome to David and Nicole's Survivor Podcast. I, of course, am David, and with me, as always, is... Nicole! Hi, everyone! Hello, indeed. How are you doing, Nicole? I'm great. How are you? I'm doing good as well. A fantastic episode of Survivor. It was getting a little predictable the past couple of episodes, and, and starting to slip down, but then merge happens, and things instantly pick up again. And we get a fantastic episode. Yep. Before we totally get into it, though, let's talk about some Survivor announcements. First, if you are a fan of Survivor, you may know that Richard Hatch has been on The Celebrity Apprentice this season. But unfortunately, this past Sunday, Richard Hatch was fired. Donald Trump fired him in order to keep Gary Busey, who is very, very crazy. So... (laughs) So, farewell, Richard Hatch, and he's currently in prison right now, so I don't know if he got to watch it. (laughs) Do you have an announcement, Nicole? Yep. Um, Ratings for this week were 10.5 million, so I I think we can do better, but I say that every week. (laughs) Yes, we are repeating ourselves a little bit, but we cannot stress how important it is to get everyone you know to watch Survivor. Yep. All right, Uh, one more announcement, People.com. You may know People Magazine. That's the same people who do the website. On People.com, Stephen Fishback, who was on Survivor Token Chains, got second place, did an interview with Coach, also from Token Chains and from Heroes vs. Villains, and interviewed him about his thoughts on Philip from this season. So, if you want to know what Coach thinks of Philip, check out the article. It is at People.com. That's all the Survivor announcements for this week, so let us jump right in and talk about the latest episode of Survivor Redemption Island. Now, we're doing things a little different this uh, podcast. We noticed that when we were doing more memorable moments and standout players, we were sort of repeating ourselves a lot. So what we decided to do is combine them into one. So we're going to have the standout players and talk about the memorable moments that are associated with them. Because obviously, if they didn't stand out, there's probably not a memorable moment about them. Mm-hmm. Let's go to our first standout player of this episode, and that would be Rob. Once again, Rob is clearly dominating this season. Mm-hmm. No question about it. The first memorable moment, though, comes from... They were choosing a tribe name, and Rob said, Hey, we should call it Merlanio." Because that means of the sea united or something. Which, it doesn't mean that at all. (laughs) Apparently, his wife Amber, you may remember from Australian All-Stars, has a stuffed animal collection. (laughs) And Merlanio is the ringleader of the stuffed animals. So, in honor of Merlanio, the stuffed animal, Rob decided to name the merged tribe that. (laughs) It was a very funny moment and just another entertainment from Boston Rob. What did you think, Nicole? I thought it was hilarious. It's not the first time that someone made up a name and said that it means something but really doesn't, but I think that's the first time a tribe has been named after a stuffed animal. That you are correct. This is the first time it's named after stuffed animal, not the first time it's been named after a fake word. <laughs> but 
Yeah, very humorous. Uh, great way to start off the tribe name. And now you know, anytime Rob and Amber are watching Survivor and they see that the name pop up on the screen, they're just going to start laughing. <laughs> so, yeah. I'm a huge fan of inside jokes, so I approve Boston Rob. <laughs> And then, obviously, the other big thing is Rob still being clearly in control of this game and orchestrating Matt getting voted out, unbeknownst to all of the former Zapatera members who really thought it was going to be Mike or Grant, and it turned out to be neither one of them. <laughs> so, uh, Rob instantly sensing that something he can't fully trust Matt, and then when Matt blows it and tells him that he was considered turning against them, he doesn't trust it at all, and orchestrates his own tribe turning against Matt, Matt voting for someone on Zapatera, and Zapatera just throwing their votes away because they didn't have enough anyways. Mm-hmm. So. As much as I'm like, loving Rob and everything, I think he's playing the game so well, I'm ready for things to kind of change, someone to kind of challenge his authority or you know, try to vote him out or whatever, because it, it's just like, come on, people, you know, you can play the game too, it just doesn't need to be him. Yeah, on the one side you have, Rob seems to be the only one playing the game. Um, on the other side, the thing that intrigues me is we've never seen a perfect game of Survivor, and Rob has been playing this game almost perfectly. The one move that might have been questionable... He voted out Matt. Matt comes back in the game, and what does he do? He votes him right back out, so that flaw is not a flaw anymore. Mm-hmm. So unless Matt comes back in the game for a third time, <laughs> I don't see a flaw in Rob's game yet. Right, I agree. So on the one hand, yeah, it would be interesting to see someone actually go toe-to-toe against Rob, give him a run for his money. On the other side, it would be sort of cool to see someone play an almost perfect game of Survivor. Because even though people win, when people win the game, obviously they did what they needed to do to win. They still have some mistakes that you would say aren't probably the smartest Survivor moves. I don't think we can say that about Rob this season. He's been playing everything to a T. Mm-hmm. So it'll be very interesting to see if someone can rise above, match his wits, and vote him out, or if he will continue to dominate this season. Mm-hmm. Yep, it's amazing. I don't know how he does it. Uh, either he's really good, or everyone he's playing with is really, really stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a combination of both. Yeah, probably. So who's another standout player from this episode, Nicole? Well, obviously Matt was a standout player. He made it back into the game. So, you know, that was exciting to see. He deserved to come back more than Sarita, I think. And so, you know, there he was. And he he was thinking about, like, who am I going to go with? And right away, he was thinking, I could flip. You know, I can take out Rob or whatever. And he was talking to Andrea about it, and she was kind of unsure, but they were, you know, thinking about it and everything like that. And then he decides to um, tell Rob what he had been thinking. He's like, you know, I was thinking about flipping, but I decided not to. I'm going to stick with you, whatever. I'm like, what are you doing? Like, why did you just tell him that? And, like, Andrea wasn't happy about that, you know? And 
he just not like he came back into this game and he is just like playing with his heart and everything. Always talking about you know God has me here for a reason and stuff like that. But he just he he said it right when he told us that maybe he isn't the best survivor player. You know maybe this isn't the game for him. And it's true. Like you know. He does great on Redemption Island with those challenges and stuff like that, but like the actual game of Survivor, not really for him. I I totally agree. He's not he's not cut out to play Survivor. His abilities are not up to par with anyone else. He's clearly just trying to be friends with everyone and play a nice friendly game. And the problem is that it's very threatening, especially to Rob. When someone is that likable and that nice. You have to get rid of them. And also, he doesn't have this strategy to keep himself in the game when people are going to be gunning for him because of his likability. Mm-hmm. I would have loved to see him flip, you know, him and Andrea going with the Zapatera people. And, you know, it would have made for a very interesting episode, but it just didn't happen. Well, and this wasn't the time to do it. He was right the first time. You vote one of them out first. And then you do it. You have to get uh, numbers control. So you want to vote one of them out first anyways. And then when it's 11, that's when you make your move. Mm-hmm. Uh, the problem was that, yeah, he was too wishy-washy. He was playing with his heart. And it ended up coming and screwing him in the end. Mm-hmm. And we'll talk more about what Matt did wrong. We, talk, we, we touched on it quite a bit. But there's a couple other things that I would say Matt did wrong. And we'll talk about that more later on in the episode. Another standout player for you? That would be Andrea. You know, she was friends with Matt from the very beginning. You know, they had this kind of bond with each other. And he came back in the game, and she was happy to see him again. You know, they had that connection again and everything. And, you know, Matt was strategizing with her and stuff like that. I think she's a smart player. Like, you know, she's trying to play this game, and she's just been in, like, kind of sticky situations and you know (laughs) in her words Matt threw her under the bus you know like he told Rob what they had been planning and you know she didn't want Rob to know that it's gonna make Rob trust her less and you know she she doesn't even know like how she stands with Rob like before that happened and She's just trying to stay strong with this alliance, but it's not really working very well for her right now. So, in the end, she was kind of pissed off at Matt for what he did, and she ended up going with Rob and voting Matt out. So, I found that to be very interesting. Yeah, uh, at this point... You know, she realized that Matt was all over the place. And you have to remember, he's been on Redemption Island for a long time. He has not played the game for a long time. He's he's played challenges, but he's not had to have any strategic thinking for the whole time he was on Redemption Island. Mm -hmm. So coming back, he's sort of like a kid at a candy store wanting to do everything. Uh, (laughs) And everything was running through his mind because now he has to start thinking strategy again. And I think Andrea saw that and realized, I don't have as good of a shot with him. He's sort of crazy all over the place who knows what he's going to do. I need to stay with what's safer. Mm -hmm. 
Now, the the final standout player of this episode, I think, would be Mike. Mike was the ringleader for Zapatero, really trying to convince uh, Matt to flip over to the Zapateros and vote with them. Uh, and I thought he did a, a really good job of it. He did almost everything right. He promised that he would break up his own alliance to keep him further, Final Four and then later Final Three. He was kind. He tried to... Uh, befriend him over the same interests with the Bible and everything. He was doing everything right. The problem was Matt had a conscience and wanted to stay true and not be backstabbed and blindside anyone. So that, so I don't think Mike even did anything wrong. I think he was doing all the right moves. Unfortunately, the person who was in the swing vote had a conscience. <laughs> mm-hmm. So unfortunately for Mike, it didn't work out and for the, the Zapatero Alliance in general. Another standout moment for Mike was at the immunity challenge, and he proved that he is a force to be reckoned with in this game, challenge-wise. Um, and we're going to talk about the challenge later, but when they were balancing the balls, he did not move almost the entire game. Like, he was practically still. Like a, I think Jeff Probst at one point said, Mike is like a statue, <laughs> you know, and it was true. He hadn't moved at all. So he ended up not even winning, but yeah, definitely impressive, and I think that's going to clearly make him a threat to Omatempe as we continue. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah, he, he was playing the game really well this episode, and I hadn't seen that yet before then, and so I was really happy to see that because like, at the very beginning when we had made predictions about people before we even saw the first episode, I was like, yeah, I think Mike's going to win, you know? And now I'm actually seeing him play the game and everything like that. So it, it's making me happy to see that, you know, it, at least I was kind of right about the fact that he knows how to play the game of Survivor and everything. So, you know, I, he seems like a really nice guy, too. I find him attractive, but there are lots of attractive guys out there. So. Well, okay, then. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I definitely agree. This is the first time we've actually seen him do strategy. The first seven episodes, he's sort of been in that Zapatero 6, but we haven't really seen any any strategy from him. So it was interesting to see his, his take on the game and how he's able to actually play it. Mm-hmm. Well, let's move on to the Purple Kelly Award. This episode, we have one winner of the Purple Kelly Award, and it goes to Grant. Congratulations, Grant. Um, the only time where you were shown was when your name came up at Tribal Council and they panned over to you. <laughs> yep. uh, thankfully, Natalie wins immunity, so she's not on the list. Otherwise, she would have probably been there, too. <laughs> <laughs> yep. But hopefully, it looks like we'll get more Grant airtime next episode, so stay tuned. I don't think he'll be on it for long. Mm-hmm. So let's move on to Redemption Island, then. We have the two people, Matt and Sarita, come in. And Matt actually had a cut on the outer part of his foot, which is not good. And he's like, well, I'm hoping it's not an endurance challenge where I have to hold on my foot. And he (laughs) goes to Redemption Island and take it away, Nicole. Well, the challenge involved being able to stand on these little pieces of wood. We've seen this challenge before, I believe. And, like, it, you, you've got, like, these two walls, kind of, and these tiny little pieces of wood that you got to balance on. And 
it gets smaller. You, you have to, like, move down a level after a while, and it gets even smaller. You move down to that level. So it was all about just being able to balance on that, and whoever stays there the longest is going to win. And Serena really thought she had it. I really didn't think so. <laughs> and it was just interesting because the whole tribes were there. Like, everyone came to watch this duel. So you knew something was going down, and everyone was cheering, you know, go Sarita, go Matt, and everything. And eventually, it was Matt who won. Yeah. Sarita put up a fight, though. It wasn't like five minutes and she's done. She put up a good fight. It was a, it was close. I thought Matt may slip there for a little bit. Mm-hmm. But also, we got a great Philip moment where... Uh, <laughs> Jeff Probst is like, Philip, what do you think of these two? And then <laughs> and then Philip goes on a soliloquy, <laughs> uh, just talking and talking and talking, and they edit it so it seems like time is passing forever and he's still talking and everything. <laughs> I wonder how long great. he actually talked. <laughs> I'm sure it wasn't as long as they made it appear, but I'm sure he talked for a good five, ten minutes at least. <laughs> Um, and then also after the challenge, Matt comes back into the game and they all merge, both tribes merge and Jeff Probst pulls out another shocker that Redemption Island will return. So not only is one person returning, but later on another person is going to return. So even if you're voted out still, you still have a chance to come to Redemption Island to make your way back. Mm, That was a shocker for me. I, I really didn't expect that. To happen. I, I thought that, you know, this was going to be the end of the Redemption Island twist. But apparently it's going to keep going. Yeah. In one of the promos for this week's episode, it, it showed uh, a clip of Redemption Island isn't over or something. So I sort of had an inclination. But, uh, yeah, we're going to talk about it more as we go to our hot topics of whether or not we think it's a good thing for Redemption Island to come back. Well, we talked about Redemption Island. Let's move on to the challenge. This another endurance challenge. This time it was for individual immunity, and we had all 12 there. And what they had to do is stand on a log, um, horizontal, a log cut in half, and then placed down horizontally. And then they had to stand on it and hold a plate in their hand and had to balance a ball on it. And then every couple of minutes they would add another ball until they had three. So I always enjoy Endurance Challenge. I find them just as entertaining as, say, the obstacle course from last week. Um, Even though it's very simple, they're just standing there. It's always nerve-wracking, and the slightest movement can send someone out of the game. Mm -hmm. Um, Not to mention that, uh, as you will find out in my five funniest moments, there are a lot of jokes that come from this challenge. So (laughs) stay tuned for that. But anyways, when there was only one ball that were balanced, Julie was the only one to get eliminated. And then after two, Ashley and David um, also got eliminated. So then we were, went from 12 to 9. Then three balls, people got eliminated a lot faster. First, Andrea went out, and then Grant, followed by Matt, Rob, and Philip. And that left four people, Ralph, Steve, Mike, and Natalie, the only former Omotempe left in the challenge. Ralph drops out soon after, followed by Steve, and then it's Mike and Natalie. And as we mentioned, Mike was like a statue here. He wasn't moving at all. And then a fly lands on one of his balls. 
And then I guess what ends up happening is like his legs or feet get numb and he just falls off. And Natalie ends up winning the very first individual immunity challenge. So congratulations to Natalie. Yeah, I have to say that was a surprise. I did not expect Natalie to win that. You know, her, her balls had been moving a little bit, like wobbling a little and everything. And like you said, Mike was just standing there like his balls hadn't moved at all. They were just like in the center. It was amazing. And then, like, you know, if his balls didn't fall off, he fell off. And I was like, ah! <laughs> but, it, yeah, I... I don't know, it was a surprise, but it was very fun to watch. I enjoyed, you know, who's going to drop out next and all that. Yeah. The most surprising one for me was Philip. Philip looked like like the first 30 seconds of the challenge, he was about to lose it. And then he ended up making it to the final five. He made it very far. So I was impressed with Philip. But yeah, Natalie ended up winning, uh, which left Mike vulnerable at Tribal Council. And it ended up being a <laughs> another move where Ralph used the idol, Hidden Immunity Idol at Tribal Council to save Mike, but no one voted for Mike anyways, so it was a waste. But <laughs> once again, we forgot to mention that about Rob, but once again showing his dominance of how he, he even gets the other tribe to get rid of their immunity idol. Mm-hmm. I... I was so upset when Ralph played that idol for Mike. I was like, no, they're not going to vote for him. (laughs) Why are you wasting it? Use it another time. (laughs) Yep. And the one thing I really still respect about Rob is absolutely no one knows he has that idol. Mm -hmm. Which I really like. Yeah. So that way, no one will ever come up to Rob and like, hey, will you use the idol on me? And... I mean, Rob wouldn't say yes to that anyways, but still, he doesn't even have people coming up to him for that, which has another ace in his pocket. So, yeah. Well, let's move on to hot topics then. Uh, these are two different topics that we talk about, uh, maybe a little controversial, good or bad, and we give you our thoughts. First one, Redemption Island coming back for a second round and another person coming back into the game. Good or bad? What do you think, Nicole? Bad. Uh, I don't like it. Like, I was looking forward to Redemption Island being over. I was like, okay, now they can do some reward challenges and immunity challenges. You can spend more time, like, you know, seeing the people and everything like that. And, you know, it it just seemed kind of fair that, you know, Matt comes back into the game at the merge and everything like that. seemed like a good time for him to come back in and all that stuff. And so the fact that they're still going to be doing it, I'm like, how is that fair? It just it doesn't seem right. It doesn't fit with like what I know Survivor to be, I guess. Yeah. So I I wholeheartedly agree with you. I think it's a bad decision. I was sort of good bad on Redemption Island twist, and I actually Matt coming in and the way it happened, I thought it was a great twist. I, I would have given it a thumbs up. However, starting it again, bad idea. First of all, I think we had a great Matt story arc. We had he got voted out second episode, didn't even know why, got blindsided. He works his way, wins every single duel, comes back, 
plays the game naively again and gets voted out. <laughs> Once again, <laughs> blindsided by the same person. It's a brilliant storyline. Now, however, I think that the storyline is going to just get ruined because he's coming back to Redemption Island, and I'm going to bet that he's not going to win all of them again. I think, first of all, his ego is somewhat deflated after having been blindsided twice. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he's lost a little <laughs> momentum or or hope. He's sort of a down in the dumps right now. But but also, he's going to be going up against a lot stronger competition, which I think will actually challenge him and give him a run for his money. Mm-hmm. And how it's not a great storyline where he fights all the way through, wins all the duels, comes back to the game, gets voted out the very next episode, and then loses in a duel. You know, that's sort of a, a bad way to end the story arc. The only way it could turn out good is if he somehow makes it all the way to the end again, makes it back to the game, and Boston Rob blindsides him a third time. <laughs> that would just be fantastic. <laughs> but I doubt that is going to happen, so, yeah. And it's just, then you're getting too close to the game. You're going to be having five or six people who've worked their butt off in this game to make it this far and have to do strategy, challenges, and whatnot. And then you're going to have one person who maybe got voted out in the very next episode. They come back and it's like we're starting over. It's like an episode redo. It's like, didn't we just watch this? (laughs) So I, I think it's a really bad decision to do it twice. Um Jeff Probst has practically said that Redemption Island is going to come back again. I I urge Survivor, if you do Redemption Island again, do it till the merge. They come back and don't do it again. I, I don't think this could end well. Well, our other topic then is voting Matt out. Do you think it was a good decision or a bad decision to vote Matt out again? You know, as much as I love Matt, I, I love like watching him and how he would always win those duels and everything, but I think it was a very good decision for them to get him out. And, it, you know, it, it just made the episode very interesting to me, made me show a lot of emotion and yell at my computer screen a lot. So I, I think it was good. <laughs> yeah, I definitely think um, strategically for Boston Rob it was great. For, like, Natalie and Ashley and Grant, it was very smart. For Andrea, you could go either way, but I I don't think Andrea could trust him, and he wasn't that smart enough of a player that you want to fully rely on him. So I think it was smart for him. The only other person then is Philip, and I think Philip wanted it because Matt coming into their alliance could put him even one farther out. So I think Philip liked the idea of being that one more closer in the alliance and not having Matt try to move his way back in. Mm-hmm. So I think it was a good move for everyone. The only th- people it wasn't good for is obviously Matt and the Zapatera tribe because now they don't have that person who they can try to sway. Or do they? Maybe s- someone else. Maybe they can convince Philip or Grant. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Uh, but we will find out. So I I think for most people, it was a very good strategic decision to vote Matt out. Mm -hmm. He's super likable, so if he was ever in the finals, he's probably going to win. And Rob's biggest, the only possible flaw of Rob's game was Matt, and he handled it. So now there is no flaw. 
So we're going to move on to a special uh, topic for this podcast, the five worst twists. All right, so we're going to go the five worst twists of Survivor history. Nicole and I have each picked five that we think are exceptionally bad. They probably shouldn't have done them. And uh, we'll go from five to one to sort of give us our opinions and why we think that they are bad twists. So, Nicole, why don't you start with number five? Um, Number five for me was when they brought some outcasts back. What season was that? That was uh, Survivor Pearl Island, season seven. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they they decided to bring these outcasts back into the game. Um, it just didn't really seem fair to me, and they were just really bitter and angry, and I was like, eh. So, didn't really like that one. Um, number four would be the Medallion of Power that we had last season um it just it wasn't really fair at all it it just didn't make sense it sounded kind of lame and so yeah i i didn't like that one um number three would be when um they had these two tribes and there was a fake merge so jeff was like well you're going to be living together on one beach. And so everyone was like, oh, merge. And then it actually wasn't a merge. It was just them living together on one beach. And I was like, oh, that's strange. Like, I didn't like that. In another season, they had just merged, and then they had an immunity challenge, and they split everyone, just, like, drew names, and split them into two random tribes for the challenge and then one of them would go to tribal council and one of them wouldn't. I was like you know it just didn't seem fair like they had this merge and now all of a sudden they have these two random tribes like it, it just it didn't really seem fair at all and kind of strange and then my number one would be one season where right at the very beginning they just eliminated two people. They didn't get to play the game at all. I'm like, how unfair is that? How awful to, like, you know, get accepted after applying and all that and going on Survivor and getting there and not even have a, a chance to, like, get to know people or start playing the game or participate in any challenge. You're just, bam, you're out of the game. I was like, oh, that is not fair at all. So those are my thoughts. All right, and just a quick recap. Outcast was from Pearl Islands. The Medallion of Power was from Survivor Nicaragua. The fake merge was Season 5 Survivor Thailand. The post-merge twist was Season 14 Fiji. And the two people getting uh, voted out without even playing the game, really, was Survivor Palau Season 10. As for my five picks, my number five is also the Outcast. The reason... A lot of people consider this to be one of the most unfair twists of all times. And I usually agree. It's one of the worst twists. The reason why I have it as number five is because as unfair of a twist it was, it it created a very memorable and great season. Um, Survivor Pearl Islands without Burton and Lil coming back would have probably been a lot more boring, a lot more predictable of a season. So as much as it wasn't fair that they got to come back in and it screwed like four people over... It was very entertaining to watch. 
So that's why I only have it at five. Number four is from Exile Island, Season 12, and Cook Island, Season 13. And it's actually the Hidden Immunity Idol. Now, I'm a big fan of the Hidden Immunity Idol, but for those two seasons, they decided you got to play it after the votes are read. So after you already know that you got voted out, then you can play your Hidden Immunity Idol. And I don't really think that's fair. I like it now where you have to play it before the votes are read. So if you don't play it, then it's your own fault. But this way, they both times, if you had the idol, you were pretty much guaranteed, like as far as Yule, he was pretty much guaranteed to make it to the end because no one wanted to vote for him because they knew he wouldn't get voted out. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it just, it, I think it made it a little unfair that you got to do it after the votes are read. So no matter what, you knew you were safe. You didn't have this, oh, I could be voted out. Because as long as you had that idol, there's an absolute 100% guarantee that you are not going to get voted out. Mm-hmm. My number three is the medallion of power from Survivor Nicaragua. I think it, it was really bad. They had to do it because of the whole ages of the tribe. But but to me, it really made the the challenges not that interesting to watch. They were landslides most of the time. It was just a horrible twist in my opinion, and I don't think it added anything to the game, really. Mm-hmm. My number two is comes from Survivor Fiji, um, and that is the haves versus haves-nots, where one tribe got this luxurious uh, shelter with mattresses, a couch, lots and lots of food, and the other tribe got barely nothing, like actual survivors do. And... Obviously, the tribe with all the food and shelter was dominating challenges. And the other tribe was getting picked off one by one. But also, you know, we come, we watch Survivor to see them survive. And when they are sleeping on nice comfy beds and couches and not getting rained on and eating lots of food and not being hungry, how is that surviving? <laughs> I think uh, there's even a quote from Dreams from that season where Survivor is better than being homeless. So, you know, when when and he was on the Habs tribe, so of course it was better when you have all those luxuries and everything. So, to me, it was just a clearly not entertaining to watch because obviously the one tribe that has everything is going to dominate the challenges. And it just didn't add anything to the game for me. Not fair at all, unfortunately, for the Mm have-nots. And finally, my number one worst twist of all time is the final three instead of the final two. I have never liked this. I don't think it adds anything to the game. You can arguably say that maybe two seasons where the final three was actually a good decision. And I could say Cook Islands, when you had both Ozzy and Yule, okay. And Heroes vs. Villains, when you had Sandra, Russell, and Parvati, okay. I can see both of those. But for the most part, it doesn't add anything from the game, and I think it takes away from the final Tribal Council and the final Immunity Challenge and everything. I like Final Twos a lot better, and I think they should get rid of Final Threes. That's interesting. I agree with you on that, and I was going to have that as one of mine, but there's so many other ones I didn't like as well. And, like, I wondered when they first did that if it was just for that season, but they keep doing it. And I'm like, are you ever going to go back to Final Two? Ever? 
Token Chains was a season where they did Final Two, and Fans vs. Favorites was a season they did Final Two. But other than that, they've just done Final Threes, and I don't like it nearly as much. I think Token Chains was a great final travel council with between Steven and JT. I think Fans vs. Favorites, the uh, Amanda vs. Poverty, was a really good tribal council. To me, I, I like Final Twos, and I think they add so much more to the game. And uh, honorable mention potentially could be the second round of Redemption Island. I'm I don't think this is going to be good at all. So it could be on the potential to be on the list of worst twists of all time. Only time will tell. Yeah. So then let's move on to David's five funniest moments. This is where I talk about the five funniest moments from this past episode. We will start at number five. Number five is Philip at the immunity challenge, and. Right off the bat, Philip is having some trouble. He looks like he's about to fall off. And then he recovers the balls and he ends up staying. And Jeff Probst is impressed. And he's like, wow, nice save, Philip." And he's like, I got rhythm, baby. And that just made me, <laughs> made me laugh that <laughs> when Philip said, I got rhythm, baby. And he ended up making it to the, the last five in the challenge. So that's pretty impressive. Another quick thing about the immunity challenge that I found pretty funny was when they revealed the new individual immunity necklace, and then they did this sort of like, sparkle, sparkle, (laughs) when they opened up. I found that really cheesy and funny. (laughs) All right, number four is David's awe of Rob at Tribal Council. I just found that funny. I, I just started laughing when David was like, Genius, that was, that was, and just so impressed what Rob did. And I, I agree it was very impressive, but it was just sort of cool to see David's reaction to it at Travel Council. So, mm-hmm. I don't know. Watch it again. I just got a real kick out of it. So, you check it out. Number three is Philip at Redemption Island with the Broschuto Code and having his very, very long speech <laughs> about what it means to be a samurai warrior. <laughs> and then at the end, Matt just sort of laughs and is like, thank you, Philip. <laughs> Number two is the immunity challenge and all of the innuendos that you could take from the balls that Jeff Probst kept mentioning. Lots and lots of ball jokes could be said here. The first one that I really realized and cracked me up was he's after the two ball round was over, he's like, okay, time's up. Everybody grab your balls. <laughs> I was just like, oh my goodness. And then there was the uh, Mike's balls are cemented to that plate. There, there was just tons and tons of great ones. There's a fly on Mike's balls. So uh, if you had any great ones... <laughs> Please leave a comment. We'd love to hear them. Or if you if you didn't even realize that, go back and watch the challenge because you will start dying laughing every time Jeff Probst says anything. <laughs> so that's great. And the number one has to go to Boston Rob and the Merlanio. And not only is it funny the fact that he made up a fake name, but the fact that it, Amber has a stuffed animal collection and then there is a... <laughs> ringleader of the animals <laughs> it's it's funny twofold that he fooled it over on the tribe but also that we get to learn more about amber that maybe she didn't want everybody to know <laughs> so <laughs> very very funny so those are my five funniest moments so nicole do you have a dumbest move of the week for us yes i do and this one i did not have to 
think of like hmm what would be my dumbest move like as soon as it happened i knew <laughs> it goes to matt talking to rob and saying well i was thinking about flipping but i decided not to why would you tell rob that like you know, you're trying to get back into this alliance and everything like that. You don't want to admit that you were about to flip. Like, it, Matt just made a lot of dumb choices throughout this whole episode. So, congratulations, Matt. Way to go, Matt. It's been a while <laughs> since you had the opportunity to get a dumbest move. You deserve it. Yep. All right, let's move on to David Nicole's Survivor Play of the Day. This is part of the show where Nicole and I each choose our most memorable or most impactful moment from the previous episode, and we will debate, go back and forth, one of us will concede, and we will have a winner as the play of the day. So, Nicole, what is your play of the day? Well, I just want it to be not getting voted out, you know? Like, it was a big... Um, moment, and it was very, you know, upsetting for some people. They're like, oh, poor Matt, and then it's also a little funny in my mind, and ironic, and it it just really affects the game, I think, so. Yeah, for me, I had Matt telling Rob, your dumbest move, Matt telling Rob that he was potentially going to switch and betray them. Um, I just thought that was a dumb move and subsequently got him voted out. So they're they're very connected. Yeah. yeah. So I'm almost, I say we merge them together. And our play of the day is Matt telling Rob that he was going to betray him and Rob subsequently voting him out. Okay, sounds good. So Matt telling Rob and Rob then voting Matt out is the survivor play of the day. Nicole and I each get one point. (laughs) All right, so let's move on then to what went wrong. Let's talk about Matt, sort of what went wrong. Obviously, we have the one dumb move that everyone knows about, him telling Rob that he was planning on betraying him but then couldn't do it. The dumbest move and probably the one big thing that sent him over the edge. But what else do you think Matt did wrong, Nicole? I think that he was just playing the game with his heart, kind of. And, like, also, he's such a likable person. And not that there's anything wrong with being a likable person, and, like, trying to be everyone's friend. But, like, you know, as he was walking away from being voted out, he's like, you know, there's such nice people. I, I thought that I could be their friends, but I guess they don't want to be my friend. And I'm like, Matt, it, it's not about making friends on Survivor. Like, you, you can be friends with them after the game or whatever, but right now it's about playing the game, you know? And he just, I, he doesn't really get what Survivor is all about and how to play the whole social strategic game, I guess. Yeah, definitely. I I agree with you. He is way too nice. He plays with his heart. And also, you know, he's been out of the game for so long, I think coming back, he didn't really learn anything because he didn't fully know why he got voted out. So coming back, he ended up pretty much doing the exact same thing. And he was very naive. And I, I agree with you. You can... You can make friends on Survivor. However, you just have to have that distinction between friends and game and not let those two come in between each other. You can still be someone's friend and vote them off. But Matt didn't see it that way. Either you're a friend or you're not. But there needs to be this distinction between friend and game when you're playing Survivor. Yeah. And hopefully people will understand it's a game. Mm -hmm. So, Matt, just 
pretty much did everything wrong. He's not cut out for Survivor. He's too nice. He's too loving and, and friendship-oriented, and that's not what Survivor is. Survivor is a very strategic and cutthroat game. Mm-hmm. One random thing I want to point out is that we both kind of thought that David was going to flip, and he didn't at all. I thought that to be interesting. You know, he stuck with his Zapatera people, stuck with that alliance. So uh, right now, it seems like he's being very loyal to them. I'm glad you brought that up because I forgot to mention that. Yes. Both David and Philip, who we thought had the potential of, fil- of flipping, neither did. And, and here's my thought on it. David, I don't think, had an issue with any of the other people on his tribe other than Sarita. I think that's where the big clash was. So after Sarita got voted out, he was still friends with all of them. He still liked them, and he still thought he could get farther in the game with them. I don't think he was, thought he was fifth. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Philip, he's sort of on this high that he's as part of the group now, and this merge has sort of brought him together. And all Philip wants is attention and to be noticed. I think now that they're united against Zapatera, he's they're doing that. He doesn't have to worry about being voted out because there's all these other people, and I think he he's going to remain loyal until it comes to a point where you know they start not giving him as much attention, and then he'll freak out and flip again. so yeah no the only people considered flipping were matt and half andrea i think andrea was just entertaining matt's ideas but didn't really want to flip Mm -hmm. so matt was really the only one and then ended up not doing it so yeah that was very interesting thank you for bringing that up Mm -hmm. well let's talk about next time on survivor you sort of have all of the oma tempe six See, now we can switch it instead of the Zapatera 6, it's the Omatempe 6. And uh, they all coming together and united, yes, we're going to take them down. But then they show Grant and he's like, I'm my own man, I make my own decisions. So, who knows what that means. (laughs) And then also next time we get a wonderful Philip moment. I can't wait for this. Philip and a feather. (laughs) Once again... Being very similar to Coach, who always had a feather in his head. Philip finds a feather, and I can't wait to see what all this entails. (laughs) (laughs) I can't wait either. (laughs) So stay tuned. Even if it's a predictable episode and one of the Zapatero members get out, you will get to see Philip with a feather. So (laughs) (laughs) stay tuned. Yes, very much a win. (laughs) All right. Well, anything else that you have for this episode, Nicole? No, that's it. That's all I have, too. Be sure to check out our website, survivorpodcast.blogspot.com, or check us out on iTunes, David and Nicole's Survivor Podcast. We'd love to hear from you. We love comments, favorites, subscribe, uh, anything you want. We'd love to hear from you. we like to hear your feedback, so let us know. Mm-hmm. Other than that, we will be here next week, and we look forward to another podcast with you. So, once again, thank you for listening, and goodbye. Bye.